0: Oh, let's do it. Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge Podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs here, as always, with Blazers Outsider Danny Meringue.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need you to tone that down a little bit, Tara. I need to be more like <sighs> welcome to the Blazer's Edge Podcast, where things are going just well.
0: Things are great. Okay. <laughs> things are yeah. not things are not great right now. But a little maxim that I like to follow, which I believe I've heard you say as well, is that we can't get too high up and we can't get too far down. So we're going to hold ourselves to that tonight. Yeah,
1: we should say we're recording this, what, two hours after the Spurs game. I just got done talking about how atrocious this game was on a post-game show. So I'm, I'm even though I don't get too high, too low, I'm still a little miffed about this game and the uh, lack of effort on the defensive end and
0: uh yeah well let's let's get into it and and talk about it. Let's go a little bit deeper than you usually have time to on the post game show. We have a lot of questions. One thing that I find really, you know, silver lining you might want to say is that after a series of Blazers losses, there's lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not like in the summer, or it's not like when everything's going perfect and we're just sitting there praising. It's like, you know, we have really, we got stuff to dig into. So let's go ahead and do it. It is indeed Sunday night. They had an early game. So there's another thing. It's like not ridiculously late. So yeah. that's another night bright. We're already got two bright sides to look at. Sunday night, Blazers did just lose, though, to the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs, like, All of it seems like all of their recent opponents were coming off of some really bad losses or were on a losing streak or really had something to prove. It seems like the Blazers are only meeting teams this year after they've had their heartfelt, you know, closed door team meeting or after they have, you know, just gotten blown out and really need to come back and prove something. I don't know if that's true, but it sure feels like it in any case. The Blazers, we were talking about it before, have lost through. Wait, they're lost seven of their last ten, so yeah. not the same. Not the same feeling that we had at the beginning of the year. So anyway, let's let's dive into it. You wrote a piece this weekend about the Blazers' defensive effort, and I think. If you're gonna if you're gonna go by Twitter, <laughs> defense seems to be the biggest problem. And I would agree with that. They're still scoring mostly over a hundred and sometimes even a lot over a hundred and still losing. So I think the offense is has not fallen off a cliff, but it would be more accurate to say the defense has really, really regressed. So summarize for a minute. Kind of what you were talking about in that article, just in case people haven't heard of it, because I thought it was uh, really well put.
1: Okay, so a lot of times I want to look at scheme. I want to look at how the Blazers are executing in pick and roll coverages, how they what they're doing to, to combat certain actions, um, what they're doing when, the, when they're switches, when they're switching, when they're dropping off. Like as I started going through the tape, like it just didn't matter. Like it, it looked, it was bad everywhere I looked.
0: And you mean that, they weren't doing any of those things?
1: Yeah, I mean, like the, the the lack of communication on switches, late rotations, or if there even was a rotation, giving up on plays, dying on screens, um, not putting pressure where it need to be put, not recovering in time, and it's up and down the lineup. Bench starters doesn't matter. I mean, like the only guys who I didn't like. Openly, just go. What the hell is going on here? Were Dame, Myers, Nurkic, and for the most part, Evan Turner. Everybody else was just Dame gets a pass because he's dropping forty a night. Like the, the guy's giving so much on the offensive end. If he gives a little bit up on the, on on the defensive end, I just I just don't care. I, that that's where I'm at. Like tonight against the Spurs, 37 points, 10 assists, one turnover, and they get torched. Like, I mean, you, you just can't waste a game like that from him. And that, that's that's what really sucks. Um, tonight, the Spurs didn't do anything really special. It was isolation move or, or uh, mid-post post up by DeRozan or LaMarcus. It immediately gets beat. And then if they send a double, one pass, one pass away, open shot. Not two passes, not three passes, one pass away. Like the Blazers have worked on double teaming because we, we know it because we've heard them st- Stotts talk about it. We heard the team talk about it. We talked about it on the podcast, the Stotts whistle on when to double team and yet still one pass away, wide open. That's, that's not a scheme thing. That's an effort problem.
0: So when you, when you're saying one pass away, you're saying, expl- go down a little bit deeper and how, how come that keeps happening?
1: I wish I knew why <laughs> I I really do. But I mean, like they—they they know when they, when the double team comes from the from the ball side on the baseline, of Lamarcus Aldridge. They know where they need to rotate to. They know what the scouting report is. Like they know who they can and can't leave. They know how fast they need to get out there. They—they they hear the whistle. They know where they need to go, and it's still not happening.
0: You said right at the beginning, you you mentioned communication. Mm-hmm. I see less communication overall because i measure communication by pointing Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a fact that you know they've that continuity you know thing has been happening but they just inserted Mo harkless back into the lineup so you'd think that they'd be needing to be a little bit more community communicative when they've shaken up the lineup just a little bit Uh, how do you feel like Mo is working back in and how he's in particular working back in playing defense.
1: Tonight against the Spurs was his best entire game so far back. Um saw a couple of plays where he hedged, recovered, got in passing lanes, got in transition. Uh that that one offensive foul they got on the dunk and transition night mm-hmm. was indicative of, of what I want Mo to be. Not the offensive foul part, but but the aggressiveness, the athleticism, um causing problems. Um but the the communication aspect of it, I, there, there's been at least a dozen times, maybe more, that I've actively sat there with with Joe and Shane in the control room, and you know, after a bad play, you know, we we'll roll it back real quick. I go, watch right here, and you can see it's typically one of the bigs. It's been Myers or Nurkic and Evan Turner to an extent too, um, looking at the perimeter players like, what the hell are you doing? Like they, they just stare at him like you know, the coverage and then kind of like scolding them. Like, you, you know what you're supposed to be doing here. And then they, they kind of shake their head. And I saw ET, um, Myers and somebody else. And, and I don't, this is going to sound terrible because I've been harmed the kid in the past, but there was uh, a play, uh, against Denver. Um, I believe where Collins got completely caught up and I'll, I'll talk about Collins in particular. I, I think he's just in his own head right now more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it kind of explains what, what, what he's trying to fight his subpar play lately instead of just playing, which is a totally normal thing for a kid.
0: Right. Uh, and it also is kind of a, a separate problem because that's exactly. like an individual problem. Yeah. It, 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 I, I
1: don't. I, I, Collins, I'm not really knocking for effort right now. I think he's thinking about things, which kind of scares me yeah, a little overthinking. bit. Because, yeah, because he's been such an instinctual player. Right. But there was a play where. Myers is clearly going to step up on the screen and instead Collins does. And it puts Myers in no man's land and the wide open three comes. Mm -hmm. So Myers is stuck in between, not able to box out. There's no pressure put on the, on the shooter. It ended up being a miss, but it was an offensive rebound put back because Myers wasn't able to get there. And actually, actually it was an offensive rebound put back and one. Uh, I believe it was Turner that had to come down all the way from the three-point line above the break on the opposite side of the floor uh, to try to to break up the play. And Myers pulls him to the side like, what are you, what are you doing, man? And then Evan comes over and kind of reinforcing the message. Like, w- you know what the coverage is here. Like, you can see him just kind of miming it out. Like, you know better. Like, I, that's more excusable. The, like, you know better, like, in your own head stuff than it is the effort stuff where we – I've seen guys just look at shooters on the perimeter.
0: How about somebody like who has for a long time really been a stalwart part of our defense, like Aminu? What's what's his deal lately?
1: I, I don't know. There have been times where even he's getting caught out of position. Uh, and a lot of it, I, I think you're right, Tara, as it weird as it the whole pointing thing may sound to, to some folks, but I, I, it's like almost like they need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Like back to the basic because a lot of times guys are dying on screens too early and guys like Aminu and Harkless are going to have to step up and then the defense is is caught in a rotation or a slide way too early in a possession and they're they're done and they're scrambling the entire possession. Mm -hmm. And Aminu is a guy who I think can blow up plays more consistently, but I just haven't seen that from him lately.
0: I have noticed... Myers and Collins coming in together, or very close, one right after the other, mm-hmm. sort of reminiscent of last year with Ed Davis and and Collins. Do you think that that is something similar going on? You know, just to having somebody al- alongside Collins, and could it be that it's not working, or could it just be that it's only recent and they haven't really adapted to it yet?
1: I think it's more the second part, actually. In- I know people are, are quick to bash Myers, but defensively, I I haven't seen much from Myers that has made me question a whole lot. Um, he's had some some bad possessions, certainly. Everybody has, um, but I think defensively, I think he's done really what what they need him to do. Uh, I mean, I'm watching the replay right now, and off of a offensive rebound, off a scramble play, Spurs get reset quick. If you remember tonight, there was that play. Actually, I mentioned it on Twitter where Rudy Gay just stood in the corner of the entire mm-hmm. possession. Blazers left him twice. Yeah. And then Aminu just doesn't recover out to him, and he kind of hesitates and looks at him. And I I think he – maybe for a second he thought, hey, that's Rudy Gay from six years ago. He can't shoot. But instead, it's 40% three-point shooter Rudy Gay. And then by the time he recognizes it and he gets out there, Rudy's got all day to step into it and can
0: it. I think they're all just getting too. I think they're all just into their own heads. I just think that they're – and they're not – they they need to let go a little bit and i remember at the beginning of the season there was a, there were a couple of games where i was actually going to try to find enough video to pull together like a little compilation of it there were times where they were so in sync that they looked like those you know videos that people show of like when all the players on the bench turn around at this exact same time or whatever there Mm -hmm. were times at the beginning of the season where they looked like that i guess that's like on a string or whatever where they were just moving completely in unison and in order to do that you have to like give up your thinking about yourself and you have to be thinking about where everybody else is. And it's almost like they're concentrating or they're, they're just thinking too much about what they're doing individually rather than maybe how they are moving as part of like this whole organic, you know, piece (laughs) that it seemed like it was more comfortable at the beginning of the season. No, I think it's spot on. I think, I think also one of the things I always kind of advocate for when things get like this is shaking things up a little bit. And I, I used to, you know, say that with, uh, you know, put in more Noah Vonley because when Noah Vonley came in, everybody had to concentrate on what they were doing (laughs) because it was like they they're working in a a new person or they're working in some new plays. Everybody has to pay that much more attention and they're just that sharper. So what if you were going to, you know, going to be the coach and it came down to I got to try something new? What sort of kind of lineup shakeups do you think that Stotts could try? If, if he decided to go that route.
1: I know a lot of people are campaigning for Wade Baldwin. Um, I love Wade. I love his intensity. He plays
0: defense. And that's what they're lacking right now.
1: The problem is that I've seen with Wade and I, and I love Wade is that he seems in the same vein, kind of like trying to prove something every time he gets on the floor
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of just playing. But I, I think judging do do by something
0: drastic, like move Aminu to the bench and move Collins into the starting lineup.
1: No, so so Chad Doing has been trumpeting that on the radio the last probably the last week or so. And I I, I get where he's coming from. But Terry Stotts is very much a merit based coach. I don't know what the message sends that moving Zach Collins into the starting lineup with the play that he's had for the past three weeks since. You know well, what pretend
0: I mean? that you're pretend that it's not Terry Stotts. Pretends that that it's you, and you are given you're at like fantasy camp, and you're given the chance to try out something new. Would you try that out?
1: I, I can't right now. That that's, that's what I mean. I, I I'm I'm that that's what I believe. Like I I couldn't because you, you, it's the locker room, the team. It, it's this living organism, and if somebody's not getting it done, and then all of a sudden they're being given more responsibility, that's that's a hard message to sell. Like, like, Chief, has he struggled? Yeah, but I still think he's playing at least passable defense. And offensively, the last two games, he's been huge. So I, I don't know if he's the guy that you can do that with right now. Even if you slide Chief to the three and start Zach, what does that do to most confidence? Whatever's left of that. So that, that that's my hesitation with that. Like, if it's going to happen, I think it has to happen in the bench unit or – it happens with how the minutes are rolled out. Okay. But when you do that, these guys are very accustomed to getting X amount of minutes a night. And again, you do have to earn it, but it's very hard to get in that that groove when you don't know what's going to happen in a given night. That, mm-hmm. so it's you're, you're, you're kind of playing with fire if you're doing that, but I get the need or the desire to want to change things up because right now they're just not getting it done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just maddening because we've seen the we saw them do it before, <laughs> and I get that other teams read the scouting report and all of that, but it just seems like they could be they could be playing better than than they have been lately. Should we move on to the questions from Twitter because we got a lot of good ones? Yeah, let, let, let's get to them. I, I, let, let's get on.
1: Let's let, let's start with a, a big question one, and then kind of work our way in. Okay, uh, this one came from Troy Bruger Bruger at Troy delivers. This is a new low point in the season. We look terrible as a unit from top to bottom when it comes to, exci- to, comes to the exciting of the game of basketball from one end of court to the other. So where do we go from here? And I think that kind of ties in with what you're saying. With like, would you make a change? So I, I guess I'll put, pose that one to you, Tara. What if if you have the opportunity to make a change, do you make a change? Or where what what do the Blazers do from here?
0: Well. I, I think I would go somewhere along the lines of what I was what I was talking about. The other thing is is I'm not quite sure, and I don't know if there's another question on this. I'm not quite sure I was really done with Jake in the the starting lineup, so I think I would shake things up with this with the starting lineup a little bit. And I guess I mean it's obviously not Nurk or Dame or CJ, so it's either Aminu or that other position. But I think I would try doing that, and you know I think. These guys are have been around long enough to know. I mean, look at Turner. He's adjusted to coming off the bench, even though he's making starter money. He's adjusted fine to coming in his role off the bench. And Terry Stotts has shown before that he'll do the thing where he play, he starts somebody, but it's just for a short time, the beginning of the first half and the beginning of the second half. And there are still minute, plenty of minutes to go around. So I think that's how I'd, I'd try it.
1: I want to say that, that that Portland needs to make a change. I, I really do. Like a
0: roster change? Well,
1: no. I mean, or just lineup. Well, I mean roster change. Yeah, I mean that's no <laughs> secret. I felt that for quite some time. Um, but one thing that happened tonight in the Spurs game that I thought, at least from from my point of view, the game was well out of hand uh, in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter. Who was still on the floor, Tara?
0: uh I mean, Damien. I mean, the starters. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. When 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 does a coach typically do that?
0: Well, I don't know because I really thought up until about two minutes left that they could have they could have pulled it close, and part of me wanted them to get out there and fight through it, to just leave them out there and make them fight through it. So I don't necessarily know that I would have done. Done more because the gap got larger towards the end. I mean, they were more in like you know the ten point range for you know from minutes. What I can't remember off the top of my head, but like maybe like minutes six to ten or or six to two, they were in the like the ten point range.
1: Yeah, like my my thought or my take, however you want to look at it, is that Stoss was pissed in that he looked at it was like. You know what? Normally, I'd take you out right now, but I'm gonna let you stew in this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you see it. I'm gonna let you feel it because this is the hole you dug.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, Dame played for almost 42 minutes yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's Dame has not had a game like that.
0: So
1: I, I don't want to call it punishment. But like you were saying, Dame
0: the- is the one who was out there doing everything right. So like leaving him in for punishment that doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, Dame doesn't ever want to come off the floor though. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if, if Shots is going to do it, he's going to do it to all the starters, not just all of the starters, but Dame, because I think I think Dame would have a problem with that. But I, I think that was genuinely a part of it. I could be reading it entirely wrong, but that's when I looked at, the, at how things were playing out. That felt like what was happening. Um, but I I don't think this team needs anything other than a, a swift kick in the ass. Like they need to find something to motivate. I don't know what it is, but they need something.
0: It needs to be getting Damian Lillard to the all-star game because he's not getting to the all-star game like this. As I, a starter. Right. They need to call me in and I will have a con- individual conversation with each of them about how important it is that Dame needs to be a starter and he can't be a starter if they're not out there winning games. I'm sure if I was able to go in and talk to them, they would understand. Don't you think? I have no idea. <laughs> Just- Let's move on to another popular question that I've heard a lot of. Let's go with the one from. Oh, I do not know how to say this. Sinodognoche? Cineg, cine like Sinodognoche, but there's a dog in the middle.
1: Sinodognoche? Yes,
0: yeah, Sinodognoche.
1: Five, five Dog Night?
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. Five Dog Knights in a dog Noche wants to know what's up with the bench regression. What happened to the flow? Oh,
1: I think tonight against the Spurs, it's Evan Turner. Yeah, the lack of Evan Turner. Um, Stotts staggered Damon CJ, um, and when Damon CJ are on the floor, Dame did rack up ten assists tonight. He was still trying to find guys, but I think more than anything else, um, those guys are Evan Turner is actively looking. Leonard, he's actively looking for Zach Collins. He's actively looking for Nick Stauskas. Whereas if Dame feels like he needs to get some buckets here, he's going to get some buckets. And where Evan Turner, like his primary focus is, all right, let's 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 get a good play. Let's get somebody. Let's get everybody involved here. And I'm not. That's not a criticism of Damian Lillard. The guy damn near dropped 40 tonight and carried the team for much of the night. Um.
0: But they're just not they're having they're that bad. third playmaker, because Dames is a playmaker, CJ is a playmaker, and Evan Turner is a playmaker, and there wasn't that third playmaker. There was Seth Curry, yeah. who had the ball in his hands a few times, but he wasn't out there playmaking.
1: No. Um, I mean, I, at one point in time, I, mean, I, I think, let's see, it's updated to, let's take a look at the field goal attempts here. Bench players attempted five, three, eight. 3, 8, yeah, cause they so it didn't change. The bench attempted 11 shots tonight, Tara. Wow. 11 of 86.
0: Jeez, that is nothing.
1: Well, Mark one of one, Seth, one of two, Stauskas, one of three, Zach, two of five. Wow. And, and the that's only. not compl- enough.
0: What are they doing? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. Also, if you're if either Dame or CJ was in there the whole time, that's also going to going to affect that a little bit. But I had I mean, one other. In the offense. Say that again.
1: With those guys running the offense, with Damon CJ running the offense, their their primary, you know, mantra is get buckets.
0: Yeah. But they're also not considered bench. So Yes. Their shots wouldn't be going towards end. I thought of another lineup shakeup that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks, and that would be at some point maybe stots would insert anfernee into the lineup instead of maybe seth curry and just go with the development of anfernee
1: that won't happen until late in the season if it does happen
0: well we didn't think it was going to happen with zach collins either
1: yeah i just he did sit for
0: a while and then i didn't i don't think he started part being part of the regular rotation until like what january yeah yeah Yeah, he he started getting we'll see him later
1: that's what I mean. Like it, it. I don't think it'll happen until around the trade deadline because Seth's yeah. Seth contract's only a year, and if you're if the organization is high on Anthony as I believe they are, they're going to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just don't don't see. I'm that. ready
0: for it. Let's do another question. You want to pick one?
1: Yeah. Let um, Let's go with something a little bit more positive um, from Bob Deeger. Um, at Bob Deager, PF Normal. Uh, he's got two questions for us. One, Nurk seems to be finishing better inside this year. Do you think Stotts and Dame should be getting more shots? Two, is there any on the bench who could help us if given more minutes? So, um, as far as Nurk goes, he was 7 of 11 tonight, There,
0: I really could not be happier with how Nurk has been playing this year. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Period. How do you think he did against Jokic, though? I don't think he was too spectacular against Jokic. I wish he could have dominated him more.
1: I think that was more about the Blazers going away from the matchup more than anything else. I, I, I wanted to see them go more at Jokic. Um, that was kind of where I was sitting there. And it was uh, it was a little a little disheartening. And I've, I've had that feeling probably four or five times this season where I was like, can we get Nurk a little more involved? So yeah, I, I I do agree with his sentiment here. I'm not I'm not campaigning for Nurk to get 20 shots a night. That's that's not what I'm at. Um, but I think Nurk should probably get 14 a night. Like that's that's where I'm sitting at. I, I think he can he can definitely do more. And I don't think it's about Nurkic passing up shots. I just think that they need to get him a few more sets. I think there's a, there's a couple times each game where the uh, the other guys on the floor are just missing him.
0: And, and, you know, you know how much I love Aminu, but there are some nights where he is clearly not hitting it and they still keep giving him to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on those nights, I think Nurk could have gotten a lot more.
1: A few more. Those like, like, <laughs> yeah. Aminu went like open why are you passing
0: court. it to him 13 times if he's yeah, not that, hitting anything?
1: That's the scouting report. That's teams leaving him entirely. Mm-hmm. That's. I wish the Blazers would work for another shot. That's 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 part of that. Um, but they
0: were doing that at the beginning of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know. Like it, this is.
0: But yeah, <laughs> I do I'm, think. But I'm, think I'm Merck...
1: scratching my head right now. Like, yeah. can we just well I I th- think we get Nurk a little bit more involved? I'm not. I'm not asking for the guy to be the focal point of the offense. We saw what that looked like looked like last year with the straight post ups over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think. I think if we want something positive, I think Dame and Nurkic have been you know, everything that we could hope. At least everything I was hoping for, they've been. And I think CJ is having kind of a... I think he's a little bit... He's getting a lot... I think he's getting more heat than he probably deserves. Uh, I think... I don't know. What do you think about that? About what? About CJ. I kind of think he's getting more heat than he deserves. I think
1: that...
0: (sighs) I
1: I think it's the right temperature. You think so? Yeah. CJ's had some nights where he's had some serious tunnel vision on offense. Yeah. Offensively. I mean, he's had some, some rough nights recently, Tara. He's had some, I mean, tonight, the Rosen just obliterated him in the post. Yeah. All all night long. I mean, the, the Rosen's a professional scorer, and that's what he does. And I, I was, I threw it up on Twitter during the game. Um, the head-to-head matchup between DeRozan and CJ, I think it's seven and seven and three for DeRozan now, and in those games, DeRozan's averaging over thirty points a game. So I mean, DeRozan is clearly in
0: feasting up on him. for CJ. So
1: yeah. um, it, it's it's a tough one to overcome, though. Like I don't I don't know what you really do to make CJ you know four inches taller.
0: Right. Well, and I think that, that you know people people look at. The team's struggling, and they just kind of go down the list and go, well, it's not Damian, it's not Nurkic, CJ, hmm, and they just kind of stop there.
1: The next guy with the most responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, because if you look at what Nurkic is doing right now, he's career-high in points, career-high in rebounds, I believe he's career-high in field goal percentage, yep, career-high field goal percentage, career-high effective field goal percentage, career-high free throw percentage, career-high assists, um and he's just off the pace, I think, their blocks, and his turnovers are down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean what what more can really more there. Guy. And he's actually playing less minutes on average so far this season than he did last year.
0: Yeah. It's nice like we talked about it last time. He's matured very nicely into his role. There was a second part to Bob Deeger's question, though. Is there anyone on the bench who could help us if given more minutes? <sighs> I'm puzzled why they don't go with Stauskas in the second half.
1: So in looking at the lineup data, when I, when I did that piece on the, this, this on Saturday, the lineups that have given up the highest field goal percentage and highest three point percentage have included Stauskas. Okay. So I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why he's not getting minutes. And the Blazers offense is still humming along. Even when Mm -hmm. they got their ass kicked tonight, they still hung 118. Yeah. So – another
0: another positive. (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. So I think that Stoss is just looking for somebody to give him some defense.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just – I feel like he brings a little bit more, but I don't know anything. So I just – We'll wait and find out because I, like I said, I also wouldn't mind seeing Anthony in the in the lineup either. I'm,
1: Which is hilarious because a couple weeks ago, you're like, I don't know if he's quite ready. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: I still don't think he is ready, but I'm getting to the point where it's like, let's get, let's, let's give let's him some, 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 let's uh, speed up his development. I you mean, know? I'm not quite there yet. You're but, the one who thinks he has it, so
1: yeah. I mean, and there's something about the kid that I definitely like, but I mean, I don't think I'm quite there yet, but. I'm not far away. That, that, that's, that's for damn sure.
0: <laughs> Let's take another question. Let's see. Well, there was another question about uh, from C. CBlake05, Corey, and it's about CJ. Can you talk about CJ McCollum versus Gary Harris? They both had great offensive nights, but I thought Gary Harris won the matchup because of how he contained Lillard to 15 points as well as hitting the clutchest shot of the night. So looking back on on that game yeah Lillard only scored 15 points
1: yeah no Gary Harris (laughs) I actually thought going into that game um that uh Harris was not gonna play I was talking to one of the Denver media guys he said it was a pretty good chance that he wasn't gonna play so when I saw him starting I was like ah crap because CJ's actually had a really difficult time with Harris in the past um so, that one was... Uh, CJ managed, little, to, managed to score that night, though. Mm-hmm. No, he did. Um, and, and credit to CJ. Like I, like I said, CJ's had some really, really difficult matchups. But Harris is a guy who... He's, he's, a, he's a hell of a player. I, I really like him. He's not the offensive-caliber player night in, night out that CJ is, but he is the, a better defender. Um, Harris is a guy who... Just ah, searching for the right thing. It, it's not a slight at CJ, but I think Harris is a more of what the Blazers need than what CJ gives them. How so? B- just because of his de- his defensive ability. Mm. I, he's he's not he's not the scorer, but he has the the capability to go off. But he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more athletic, uh, and and much more focused on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as you know, his, his impact. Um, like, I mean, you talk about CJ, McCollum call him Gary Harris. Uh, Harris has actually got the better of McCollum in, in the last couple of games. So uh, I think that kind of speaks for itself.
0: Don't you think with the way the game is going now, though, if you had to choose, you know, between CJ's offense and Gary Harris's defense, I mean, the scoring is outrageous anymore. And I don't know, like, and even good defenses are letting uh, their opponents put up 110 yep. points. I mean, it's it's kind of like you got to just kind of go with one or, you know, be all in on, I mean, everybody's all in on offense, I guess. And, you know, Portland already has somebody like Aminu who plays better defense than he plays offense. So I guess, you know, would you replace There's- somebody like, like Aminu with somebody like Gary Harris?
1: No, I mean, there, there's levels to it. I, I'm not saying that Gary Harris is a better player or even really a better fit. It's, it's more about it, like right now, mm-hmm. like what makes more sense for Portland. They're, they're getting their offense. But would Gary Harris be a better player for Portland right now for what they need? And I, and I think that there's an argument there, at least for that. And <sighs> I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's frustrating because more than anything else, We've seen what Portland can be defensively, and so like everybody's want like during the show tonight in the pre and post game, everybody was was in the Facebook comments asking about trades and
0: mm-hmm.
1: moving somebody, and like I just I don't think moving anybody right now fixes anything.
0: Well, and it's really hard to talk about right now with Portland in the situation they're in, with you know Paul Allen having died, yeah. and they're being in this weird position, like. I don't feel like any deals are going to be made. We're just kind of need to.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, if anything, we've talked about this a million times. It's going to be a, a luxury tax move to make the team more attractive on a salary level, on a business level for, for a prospective new owner. Like the only way I see a deal being done that involves big money going out and coming back in is if the new prospective owner is basically, you know, greenlit in the, you know, behind the scenes by the NBA and he's passing word like, here's what I would, I I would okay a deal if this was the deal that was discussed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Bob Witsit did that when he was still a general manager in Seattle before he came to Portland because he was still officially under contract, but he greenlit the the coaching hire. Like Mm -hmm. they were in communication, even though it's technically not allowed.
0: But you do love talking about that type of thing. Yeah. I'm sorry that we, you know, this isn't really realistic to talk about it. (laughs) No, that's the frustrating thing is like,
1: like even, even though I do love that stuff and I love playing with the trade machine and, and, and working through different machinations, the reality of the business side of things is, is limiting things. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, I don't think it's a good idea to start throwing that stuff out there now because this could just be a really crappy lull in the season. Mm-hmm. Let's, say, let's say they go on one of their other runs again. Yeah, And now you've kind of upset the, the ecosystem of the locker room because these guys know when those those things are getting out there because agents are being talked to. So it's it's a little – it's a dicey situation. It's a really hard um, tightrope to walk, yeah. to say the least.
0: Well, let's pick another question. Let's what do you see. got? Um, I thought this was a really interesting one. It's something we haven't really talked about much. It's from DeBrain19. Mm-hmm. Is there an adjustment by the players to the new NBA scheduling? They do not have traditional back-to-backs as often – and there is more time between games, is this to blame for the relative lack of focus? If you look across the league, there's a lot more mediocrity. I'm not... Okay, so that's the end of the question. I'm not quite sure that I agree with the last part of this of the question about there being a lot more mediocrity in the league. It seems like there's a lot of really good play in the league going on. There's a
1: lot of parity, not, not a lot of mediocrity.
0: Yeah, I think that might be... Might, might be more accurate. But one thing that I have noticed about the schedule that I think is kind of strange and I could see how it might be a little funky is that like they keep playing the same people over and over again. I mean, it's like there's several teams that they've already seen several times and we're 25 games into the season. Yeah. And that seems different than in years past.
1: I, I honestly, I think that's just how things kind of played out with the schedule. More than anything else, because this, this has been a little bit of a weirder schedule, that's for sure. Um, and I mean, if you look at the month of December, they have a bunch of road trips, but they're all two game trips: San Antonio, yeah. Dallas, Houston, Memphis, Utah, Golden State.
0: Yeah, and- we've we've been through the December schedule before. It's absolutely horrendous.
1: Yeah, but if if you look at it, even though there's not that many back to backs, I was looking at the other days from December second to the December.
0: Yeah, every 4th, other night.
1: It's literally every two other weeks, night but, but one. And in that period, you've just got heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter. And then the week around Christmas, Tara, mm-hmm. 17th, 19th, 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th, 30th.
0: Well, and it's one of those things where they're seeing multiple teams, multiple times, Utah, Dallas, Utah, golden state, golden state.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this is on the heels of seeing Dallas and yeah. you've got,
0: I feel like they're just all getting sick of each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 gonna be a, a weird test, in the, but I guess the the bright side of this is is there aren't any long layovers. You don't really have like a big gap, so if you do get right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they can maybe, keep rolling. Yeah, maybe you can roll some wins. Yeah, yeah. The I problem can, is, I can go with that. Look at
0: you being in a, positive.
1: When you're when you're in a rut, sometimes you get stuck in that rut for a while too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and sometimes adversity just brings you together even more. Let's see. Why don't you choose another one?
1: All right. There was a couple of ones that came in really early. Um...
0: Why do the Blazers hate us?
1: Yeah. That
0: was, that <laughs> That's from Oz to PDX.
1: Yeah. Virgil
0: van Dyke's number one fan. Why yeah. do the Blazers hate us? Is it Also, is it time to panic? I've already gone ahead and started, so please say yes.
1: Um, I mean, I don't think it's time to panic panic, but <sighs> I think you're
0: either if you're a blazer fan, you either are sort of in permanent panic mode or you're just kind of like you're so used to this that you're just kind of numb,
1: yeah, that's 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 my camp. those, those, <laughs> those are my people. I just kind of roll with it. Um, that doesn't mean I don't get frustrated or irritated in the game when you know they give up one hundred and thirty. Um, but it's kind of tying in with that. Relacious M. Why is every team exceeding their three point percentage season average against us lately? Last year for the perimeter defense worked really well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been fun to say the least.
0: Well, what Uh, would you say is the the principle of Blazers perimeter defense? Or at least what was it last year when it was working really well?
1: Run out at shooters, run them off the line. Run them off the line damn near at any cost. If you have to surrender an open mid-range jumper, so be it. Problem is, they aren't running anybody off the line. I was looking at the numbers um, over the last 10 games. And opponent, three-point percentage. Tara, opponents are shooting 43.3% against the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, my gosh. Dead last in the NBA over the last 10 games. And that is on damn near thirty attempts a night. They are giving up the most makes, twelve point nine, a game.
0: They're giving up the most and the most f- and the so, highest percentage. Yeah. So every so everybody just comes in and goes, Oh, we're playing Portland, shoot threes. Yeah, I mean,
1: it, take what you take what they're giving you. And that again ties back to like what we saw the last couple of games, which is one pass away, open look. And it, if they're, you're going to give that to teams in today's NBA, they are just going to eat it up. I mean, that's just...
0: So last year, you're saying when they were on the perimeter, there was somebody closing out on them so they didn't like, have time to get it up, so they moved it on to somewhere else or put it on the floor?
1: Yeah. And
0: Maybe, now they have enough time that they're like, oh, okay. Make them
1: attack a closeout. Make them go after something uh, other than that above the break three. And that's the thing is like, Opponents aren't just hitting a, like a ton of corner threes; they are hitting a ton of above the break threes, mm-hmm. which is where Portland defense is trying to run them off of. So, and and Portland defense limiting corner threes has always been good. So this is just it's it's foreign territory, to say the least. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the thing is, is we've seen them do it before. So hopefully, they can figure out whatever it is to. That's what I keep falling back to Do on. it again.
1: I look at it and, like, I'm, you you know me, I'm not one to always try to find a silver lining, but I just have this thing in the back of my head. Like, they did it for 13 games, they did it for most of a season last year. Like, what the hell is so different that all of a sudden they they don't want to get out and take that shot away now? And I wish I had a good answer to it, but it it, it really, it realistically seems like it's the, the biggest culprit is effort.
0: I just. Yeah, that just seems like so not a good answer. <laughs> I know that's that's what sucks. Like
1: I I want it to be something scheme wise. I want it to be something that you can be like. Yes, we can change this. I okay. mean, yeah, you can change effort, but that shouldn't be a problem. Tara,
0: playing devil's advocate here. I want to make sure that you clearly know this is me playing devil's advocate. This is not me talking. But isn't effort a part of the coach's job? <sighs>
1: To an extent, yes, but to have it through the first thirteen games and then over the last ten to not—that
0: Stotts lost the locker room.
1: No, are they it, not if,
0: paying attention to him anymore?
1: People are, are, are definitely asking that now, and I would say no from what I've heard. Um, but
0: I mean, what would you hear? Portland doesn't like let things out.
1: No, just from. From people around the league, just you—you you hear things around in, in pretty much every locker room if you, if you know what to look for. Um,
0: they couldn't even get a win on his birthday.
1: Yeah, that sucked. Um, but it's just—it's—it's it's weird. I—I I, I don't want to say that's the case. I don't want to believe that's the case, and I—and I don't believe it's the case. But i, I get where and while maybe I maybe it's I some of
0: you just not wanting it to be the case.
1: It could be, um, but if that's the case, then Portland is in a world of hurt.
0: Yeah. Oof. let's wait a few more weeks before we talk about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Do we let, address? Let's see if they can get right. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I say let's see if they can get right. Let's. But let's if we're see. if we're still looking at this, like come around the trade deadline, that's mm-hmm. that's problematic to say the mm-hmm. least.
0: Have we addressed Lehman and the fact that he's fallen completely out of the rotation?
1: not really but i mean um, he he was when i again you know, when i was doing the research for the article this past uh, this weekend layman had some of the other of the really bad field goal percentage defense 3 point percentage defense and i again that's not the, I, I i said this in the article it's not to put it all on layman that's for damn sure because the team in general kind of holds the the bar for what that is um but I, I think if if the blazers are looking at things and from the way stotts talks about Things in the post game, you know, on off splits, uh, field goal percentage defense, three point percentage defense, what's allowed in a quarter, what's allowed in a half. Uh, I think they're looking at the analytics part of it and, and with Jake on the floor, and it just didn't look good. So, okay,
0: what if it's one of those situations where the analytics are, are telling a story, but it's not necessarily the right story? I think it was somebody was talking about. Oh. They were writing about Kawhi Leonard and how he was so good on defense that he was actually a detriment to San Antonio. It was a very convoluted argument, but there was it a was little last, kernel.
1: It was it was Matt Moore talking right. about um Kawhi's impact or statistical impact or analytical impact.
0: Okay. This is no way is saying that Jake Levin is like Kawhi, Jake Leonard. Kawhi
1: Leonard. Perfect. But,
0: but like, it did, it made me think about You know, we look at the numbers and go, oh, well, so he's not great on defense. So, you know, his lineups are bad. So we should should take him out. What if you kind of twisted that around a little bit? And let it play out a little bit longer. And you left some of those players in who were not great on defense because everybody else who was in at the time knows that so-and-so is not the greatest on defense. And so they're going to have to stay alert and they're going to have to put in the effort because maybe they have someone who's not as good. Maybe that's a way that they could like trick themselves into all being like, okay, so we have to all be on top because there's no, nobody can take a play off because you know, they're, they're down a little bit compared to the other team's ability to play offense. Does that make any sense at all?
1: No, I I get where you're coming from. And I mean, and here's the other thing that, I mean, at least bigger picture stuff is that remind me again, what the Blazers record was (laughs) when Jake Lehman was starting 10 and three. Hey, I mean, that's, that's a big number too. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's, there's something to that. I, uh, at this point in time, I'm 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 pretty much okay with, you know, putting him back in the lineup somewhere somehow. Whether that's mm-hmm. cutting Chiefs minutes or Harkos going to the bench, wh- what, whatever the case. Like I know, I know, early in the podcast, I said I wasn't really sure what about changes, but I, I think that. Things were working. Yeah, the thing, <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is, is that Stotts has tinkered already a lot. And that's, I think, out of character for him. Like, I mean, he, Terry, he, he played for long stretches in the Denver game with Nurkic and Leonard on the floor at the same damn time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if, if that doesn't tell you what Stotts is trying to do, which is anything he can to win a game, <laughs> uh, like within reason, like, nobody, we're not, we're not benching C.J. McCullum, McCullum and starting Wade Baldwin. Like, mm-hmm. I saw somebody suggest that earlier, and I just, folks, there, there's a reason Wade Baldwin isn't playing, okay? So let's reel that one back in a little bit. But, I mean, how many tweaks can you do? Can, I mean, do you just keep tweaking until you find something? Yeah, that sounds all well and good. But the reality of, of like managing those egos, and let, let's, let's be clear on something. Every player in the league, even the most egoless player has an ego. They're the, the top 0.1% of what they do in the world. Like You don't get there being the most humble cat on the face of the planet. And you have to manage those things. So, if all of a sudden you just start tinkering and tinkering and tinkering and tinkering, then I think, and that's not just a Stotts thing, that's that's across the board with coaches in the league. You can't do that too much because then it looks like you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, and I I fully believe that Stotts knows what he's doing. I think Stotts is one of the best damn coaches in the league. Um, But, I don't think we've reached the point yet, but we're getting pretty darn close to, like, you do have to try, like, some of the more out-of-the-box stuff even more frequently, which I, I don't know how much more out-of-the-box you get in today's modern NBA than Nurkish and Leonard at the same time. <laughs> like, I mean, from Leonard, I, I think... My- I'd be
0: curious how that lineup did.
1: Uh, I From memory, I think it did actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. So um, uh,
0: Actually, the... The thing is and we should actually probably wrap it up here pretty soon but one of the things is, is that i don't know the last despite you know their uh performance that you know their their win loss record uh, when myers is in good things do, tend to happen <laughs> and i i think
1: the same is true with, with you see no- i, I
0: couch <laughs> that in so many layers of caution but no. really that's it's true <laughs>
1: here's the thing and this is why i said dame nurkich and myers just when we we're talking about effort I, I think those are the guys that are giving you the most effort right now mm-hmm. and everybody
0: should get a hundred pound hammer to walk around with
1: i, I want to see anthony simons try to carry <laughs> around I'm, I'm not even remotely kidding I, I want that to happen i want that to be a thing um but yeah, you're 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 spot on, there. Like I just, it it effort plays. I'm just while we're recording here, I have the game replay going in the background, and I'm just seeing play after play after play. With the Blazers are scoring on offense, mm-hmm. the Spurs are pulling the ball out of the basket and beating guys down the floor. Like this, this is not helping my frustration level <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching it, like you have got to be kidding me. Like it's just I'm wanting to pull my hair out just over and over again. It's just ugh.
0: it's so you probably don't have an answer to the question that I asked on Twitter tonight.
1: I don't have a lot of answers, Tara. I,
0: <laughs> what? Well, this one, most people were able to answer. And that is, how do you take care of yourself after a blazer loss? What do you do?
1: Uh, I I'd go with the um, this will give you a mental image. I go with a scalding hot shower to try to like burn a layer of skin off. <laughs> um, so yeah, I normally what my, my routine is. I usually go go see my girlfriend, unwind, re- relax a little bit, get out of whatever I have on, and get into something comfy. And then ah, uh, change
0: I, of clothes, change your skin.
1: Just, yeah, well here here's the thing. yeah, and then I sit down in front of the front of the TV and I rewatch the game. <laughs>
0: And you just put yourself through it all yeah. over again yeah
1: <laughs> not, a, not a masochist <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. some people like to come home and have a nice stiff drink
0: had, a- I oh. had several people say chocolate cookies, lounge yeah. pants. people suggested a lot of different TV shows. I of course have my Hallmark channel movies and cookies um no, I go
1: I go head first back into the seventh rung of hell. I just, sure I just, would blunt
0: I, I saw your answer it would be off brand for me to comment on it but i totally see it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i uh i just well yeah exactly i just i just i have i, you know what? I, I like to bask in it and wallow in it just really absorb the crabbiness
0: I think part of why it's so hard for us to find words right now is, is because we got they got off to a great start. We weren't expecting this. The last few seasons we were prepared. I remember those clearly for the last three years talking about how winter around here is just like driving through a terrible rainstorm and you just have to stay on the road and eventually you will get through it and it's like I kind of forgot about that I was like oh maybe we're gonna have a nice easy drive this time but no this this is how it always goes there's always a little weather on the road you always gotta just get through it so we're entering that period right now maybe we've been in it for a little while but we will get through it
1: yeah I I wish I could take a step back and just kind of offer something that would be comforting and whatever. I mean, I don't really, because it's not my style. No, <laughs> like, I know.
0: What? If, are, you, are you moving in on my brand now? Come on, Dan.
1: Like, but the, the thing is like, I, when I sat down to do that article this last, the, that went up Saturday, it was probably a week's worth of research. Just digging into everything I could to find a pinpoint issue. So-and-so has been crappy in this situation. This, this is happening here. This is where you can work on. This is where you can fix it. The problem is it's it's this ethereal thing known as effort. And it's just such an ominous, crappy thing to talk about because even when this team was struggling, it was about personnel. It was about lack of something here or something there, something you could clearly point to. Now that it's this thing that has been a hallmark of Portland teams really for the past like six years, like you never question Wes Matthews' effort. You never you never questioned Robin Lopez's effort you haven't questioned al Aminu's effort and now all of a sudden we're looking at it like man there's a bunch of dudes out on the floor right now who look like they just don't care and that sucks like it's I, I even saying it out loud irritates me
0: yeah well I feel like you're 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 guessing here yeah and, that, that's <laughs> and like, you're projecting what you think they look. I mean, I, I imagine if you went to most of them and asked them, "Do you care?" Of course they care. Yeah, no. And is, from like, the outside, that's, that's what you're what saying. It, it looks like what it,
1: that's what it looks like, and that's that's a really really crappy thing to say about this team, and I don't enjoy it at all, at at all, because it's it's not something that I associate with any of these guys on this roster. So I think well, that that's what makes it that much more frustrating.
0: You should do like me and write a weekly column about the things that were good. No matter how much you have to search through <laughs> hours and hours <laughs> of tape, you can find them. And I have to tell you, right now, in the running for next week's Mom's Favorite is going to be that new play
1: the Myers-Leonard- that Myers Leonard
0: and Damian <laughs> Lillard have developed. <laughs> <laughs> Where Myers just ran himself over Damian Lillard, <laughs> and traps. Oh wait, who is Patty the player Mills. who got trapped underneath he, him?
1: He, he he three second counted Patty Mills.
0: That was amazing.
1: Patty's like, help me, help me.
0: <laughs> and I get to I get to look through tape every week and find my favorite Ner- um, uh, Myers Leonard screens, which are just so entertaining. <laughs> So you just you just got to grab onto whatever it is that entertains you and then when it happens just be so happy about it. That's what I suggest. That and you know whatever else you do. <laughs> your hot showers and <laughs> your unwinding.
1: Yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to find good things but then the, the bad things start percolating up again. I just dig a deeper hole.
0: So well, let's put a lid on those bad things for the rest of the <laughs> night. Let's wrap it up. I can be found on Twitter at TCB Biggs and you can also find the Hoops and Talks podcast and follow us at Hoops and Talks on Twitter. We just had an episode come out last week where we talked to our friends in Golden State and Los Angeles and found out how things are going with them. It's always so enlightening to talk to people from other fan bases so people can check that out in part of the regular Blazers Edge podcast feed. Thank you, everyone who listens and subscribes. That's about it for me. Dan, why don't you take us out of here?
1: All right, folks. You can find me on social media everywhere else for all of your whining, complaining, commiserating, (laughs) berating, everything else you want. Seriously, if you want to complain to me, to Tara, do it. Yeah. People that, should know
0: that like for an hour after we hang up on the podcast, I complain to you for like an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Like people, if if you have questions, you can hit me up. My DMS are open. I'm, I'm always willing to talk. Um, you can do it in the the Facebook chat at the the Blazers outsiders pre and post game show. Um, again, at, DMaring, at Dmarang at D M A R A N G. Um, again, announcement uh blazers outsiders will be on location at rialto on fourth just outside pioneer Courthouse square for the next you know, three weeks uh from december 4th to the 21st we'll be down there uh joe shane and i um so if you want to come down before the game after the game during the game you can yell things at us obscenities questions we we don't care we uh we're just there down down there to have some fun so uh come on down come check it out uh it should be a good time uh win loss or draw we always have some fun no matter what uh terry you got anything else you want to plug here
0: nope that about does it well the next women's hoops and talks meetup is going to be on december 19th at the hey. mcminimans on broadway so come and join us we have a great time
1: and uh i would miss if i didn't because i i, I slacked on it during the show tonight laser Edge night is coming up in march this is the season of giving so if you have the ability to donate to the event i believe it's 22 or 2500 i can't even remember now it's a lot of people uh, that we're trying to send this year. and We always need help. Uh, and this is the time of year that we get a big chunk of it and then the big push for the run-up. Uh, you can go, I think it's linked in every single article now, between now and the event. Um, you can go to the Ticketmaster site for the Blazers and enter the code Blazers Edge, all one word, and that'll link you to the uh, ability to go ahead and purchase those tickets. So if you have the ability, if you have the capacity to send uh, kids that would otherwise not be able to go to a game, please do. Um, it's an absolutely awesome thing. And if you're looking for some positive silver lining stuff, that's that's the one to look at right there. Um, for Tara, I'm Danny. We'll catch you guys next week. If you have questions, comments, concerns, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, at Blazers Edge at Biggs, at Dean And until then, we'll catch you later. Bye.